Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, you ready for another week of Penn State football? Let's do it. Let's go, Jimmy. Big game, 3.30 p.m. CBS. Before the season started, Andy, I, you know, had my projection for the season. I projected X number of games as wins, a couple losses, and three toss-up games, I thought. And two of them came early. One Purdue, one's going to be Auburn. We'll talk more about Auburn as we get going. But yep. we're going to start with the news of the week. Uh, let's start with this, Andy. The team turned up ranked 22nd on the top 25 polls now. Not uh, a huge deal either way, but I think that's appropriate, isn't it? Yeah, they've they've earned the B rank. They won a, a tough conference game on the road and, you know, against a team in the Big 10 West. Ugh, oof. Yeah, not good in that half of the conference. But they beat Purdue, a, a good football team. Purdue's a good football team. Um, they beat them on the road in a tight squeeze, and then they they really put together a dominant performance against an inferior opponent, but a team that had crushed Florida Atlantic c- coming in, and they had a little juice. So this is earned. Their ranking spot wasn't handed. It's been earned. So I think this team likes the fact that they have to earn what they get. It's early. I know it's only been two games, but – they had to earn a ranking, and and I think they like that and embrace that. So they are ranked going into Auburn, and that only adds more juice to the game. And, Andy, you mentioned that they beat a team they were supposed to win. They, they did it soundly, which doesn't sound like it's much praise, except if you look around the rest of college football this past week where you have Notre Dame losing to Marshall, Texas A&M losing to App State, Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern. A lot of Power 5 schools did lose to these teams that they were supposed to manhandle. But you alluded to it. Let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten West this past week. They took a shellacking. I mentioned Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern. Iowa's offense looks absolutely atrocious, Andy. After winning a game seven to three with a field goal and two safeties, they lost 10-7 to Iowa State. Their one touchdown was on a shortened drive. Northwestern gets beat by Duke. Wisconsin gets beat by Washington State. Is there anybody in the West who's any good? So <laughs> the Big Ten West. First of all, Iowa is just uh, atrocious. You can say, well, they're good defensively. Okay, like, but they're okay. They're not bad defensively. They are atrocious offensively. I don't know that there's a a good team in the Big Ten West. I mean, to me, I mean, Minnesota maybe, but I mean, Minnesota had a, they have the experience at the quarterback position, but man, they had a lot to replace at running back and they had some work to do on the offensive line. I haven't really played much yet, so 
I think the most complete team. I, I thought so at the beginning of the year. I I think it's I think it could be Purdue, but either way, it's week two, and you're already staring at a Big Ten championship game where you're like, whoever comes out of the West, it's the JV division. Like definitely, there's not even a legitimate team there as it looks right now to even that would finish above even fourth in the big 10 East. So it, it just sets up. It's bad for the big 10 in a little, in a way because their championship game already looks like how most of the big 10 championship games have looked the last three or four years, which is, you know, big 10 East heavily favored. And then steam rolls the team from the big 10 West pretty much. Andy, I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue ends up coming out of the West, not necessarily because they're the best team, but they took their loss in the crossover game to Penn State. Every uh, team in the Big Ten has three crossover games. Purdue's other two crossover games with the East are Maryland and Indiana. They don't have to play Michigan State, Michigan, or Ohio State. So that I believe that gives them a leg up on everybody else. So let's let's just call the West a disaster right now and see right. if anyone could come out from there. I want to turn to... Um, more Penn State-specific news, Andy. And James Franklin met with the media a couple different times this week, talked about individual players. There's a little bit of news that came out. But I know you wanted to talk about, he did talk a bit about Adisa Isaac, who's coming back off an injury after a total year off. He was pretty positive about the progress that Isaac is making. How did you feel about that? So I, 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 it was a big takeaway for me from his Tuesday press conference. I mean, he, he has a sort of template that he follows, but he was asked about Adisa Isaac and he basically like said, we're very happy with where he's at and, and like what he's doing to prepare himself and what he's doing work rate wise. If you watch the two games, he's not quote unquote, uh, he's not standing out at defensive end. He's getting the more consistent snaps at the left defensive end. You know, Nick Tarburton and Chop Robinson, who Chop Robinson keeps getting in more and more and more. Uh, they kind of are rotating uh, at the right defensive end. Adisa Isaac is pretty much their third, you know, the main defensive end on the left-hand side. He's getting, you know, the lion's share of the snaps. And he's been good, but he hasn't really been impactful like you don't see him impacting the pocket as much as you see chop robinson impacting the pocket they're not getting a lot of sacks this year so far so there is that question mark but james saying james basically told us that he's picking up confidence he was coming back from an injury and we're happy with the progress that he's making from that and that over the long haul we think he's going to be okay in other words basically Whatever he, the injury that he had was a long road home to get back. We know, we knew what he was before the injury. He flashed. Gosh, he had a, a, a really good first step. He is finding his way. He is picking up confidence. So I've watched him and watching him these first two games because I've been watching closely because I think he's an important player for Penn State defensively. I've been watching it. I'm like, he, he's not problem. It's not a problem in any way, shape, or form. 
but he's also not like sort of making a, a splash or an impact or a difference. And I'm like, well, that's what they kind of expected from him is what James saying in the early going. So you look for him to build on that on the road, big game at Auburn. Can he take another step forward? But they, James is right. They, they should be happy with him because he's not hurting them in any way, shape or form. He's just not an impact player yet for this defense. Maybe give it some time. And yeah, we as fans have to allow for that for the, for yeah. these players who are off for, for a year. A couple other news items came up from James Franklin's uh, meetings with the media. I thought it was interesting. He was asked some issues with the kicking game. Pinnegar missed a field goal, missed a, an extra point. Would they consider another kicker for longer kicks? And it sounds like where he fell was Sanders Sahedak will get kicks that are 52 yards and beyond. And we know that James Franklin uses all the statistics and the numbers for practice to come up with that point. Andy, my concern is, are you going to wait until it's a game-deciding field goal, a couple seconds left on the clock, you're stuck having to kick a long field goal for a chance to win it or tie the game, and here comes this young guy with his first real kick in uh, college football. You're going to put him in for a 53-yard field goal then for the first time. Yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with that. I have more of a problem in, I think, 52 and beyond, so he's your long field goal kicker. I think they need to bring his distance even in closer to the goalpost. I mean, I don't think right now it, – it, it, under your, you gave a scenario of the last second seconds time. I don't think through the other, you know, 58 minutes and 58 seconds in a game, I don't think Penn state's going to even attempt a field goal, say 42 or 43 yards or longer. I just don't think they're going to do it. I think in those scenarios, they're going to go for it. If they can get a 52 yard or longer, I think they send the young kid out there and let him take a lash. Um, you know, obviously depending on the game situation, but I just don't think you can trust Jake Pinnegar outside 40 yards and go for it. I mean, it's, you know, it's be your better option is your offense on fourth and four and a 41-yard field goal. Do you send Jake Pinnegar out there or do you go for it on fourth and four? Right now, the better option offensively feels like it feels like you send your offense out there and go for it and take it because I don't think he's consistent enough and, ha and has not been consistent enough over his career from that 42 yards and beyond. It's a concern. And I, th game is a and concern. I think they're already demonstrating that, Andy, that, that they are willing to go for it on fourth down. Now, me personally, I have no issue with that. I think teams should go for it more often. My concern is just if you're going to give the youngster a chance to kick the long field goal, Maybe you should get him in there, get him some experience. I think saying sometimes James Franklin is just so tied to his process, which is, oh, we watch practice, we keep the statistics. And I think the problem with that is you get stuck into a situation, and maybe it's not a perfect analogy, but look at the quarterback position. Until this year, James Franklin would refuse to put his backup quarterback in until it was absolutely completely garbage time. So he'd never have an experienced backup quarterback. And where did that get him when he went to play Iowa last year and something happened to Sean Clifford? 
I fear you're going to have a similar situation where you're going to have a youngster who's unprepared and you're giving him the game game option. One last uh, news tidbit item that came out from the media was that they got to witness practice a bit. Theo Johnson was out there playing, although James Franklin would not commit to Theo Johnson, the tight end, being ready for Auburn. I think that's just he doesn't want to say it out loud for right. Auburn to know it. Yeah. him be, I think if he is available this week, it's good for Penn State because of the timing. Auburn's going to require the Penn State Nittany Lions to do some damage in this game offensively through the air. And I think the tight ends need to be more involved in this offense in a pass-catching role, especially in this game. Uh, definitely the case, Andy. All right, that's it for quarter number one. Stick around. We've got lots more to go. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Andy Shea. And Andy, I'll tell you what, gotta let everyone know about... Our buddies at New Trail Brewery, they brought out their whiteout beer. I had it this past weekend for my tailgate. <laughs> I was there for the Ohio game, and all I could tell you is the whiteout beer was a huge hit. So if you're looking for it, if you're going into the game next week, 
Stop at W.R. Hickey. They're the ones uh, stocking it out at State College. Make sure you pick out your whiteout beer. Also, if you're more interested in a lager, new tra- they've come out with a new one. It's called Crisp Lager. Really refreshing. Great beer for those game days. Two great choices there. Stop at W.R. Hickey. Have your option. Pick up a case of each. You'll, uh, you'll be glad you did. Trust me on that one. All right, Andy, let's move on. Before we get to Auburn moving forward, I want to get some of your final thoughts on the Ohio game, some of the things that we learned and is going to tell us where this team is headed going forward. The big news coming out of Ohio game was the play of the superstar, I'm going to call them, freshmen, Nick Singleton and Drew Aller. Let's start with Nick Singleton. This fan base has been starved for. This coaching staff has been starved for. That ace running back, a true number one, a guy who can provide you explosive plays. Did we finally get that with Nick Singleton? So we talked about in the preseason how they 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 were going to rotate these three running backs, and they did. It, they they rotated them, you know, through the Purdue game. Uh, they rotate them here, and and we said, and and I remember 2019. Somebody will emerge. Somebody emerged, right? Somebody has emerged. So. James doesn't, Penn State doesn't do a depth chart anymore, so you don't have to worry about the ors, ors, and ors. But it's Nick Singleton. Then it doesn't matter who you put next, Kevon Lee or Katron Allen or Devin Ford. You don't put the or after Nick Singleton anymore. He's your running back. He has emerged. He has he has shown himself to be an inside-outside threat. Um, he ran pretty well against Purdue in his first collegiate action. And then he did that little bounce outside that I've seen before in high school. And then he was gone and players with angle, a little bit of angle, all of a sudden didn't have it. So in terms of the running back position, he's emerged. He should be out on the field at the beginning. He is not a liability in pass blocking. Neither is Katron Allen, by the way. Um, I think their running backs have done a, a, a decent job, especially because two of them are true freshmen of, you know, blocking in pass protection when they're in there as well. So I think Nick Singleton has emerged as the run to, they're still going to rotate guys. I still think they're going to rotate. I really do. I still think they want to use all their running backs and he only got 10 carries against Ohio. So I still think they're going to rotate him, but he should, he should be getting, Two out of out of every five series, maybe three. I, I think it goes even further than that, Andy. Uh, against Ohio, they could have the ability to rotate in the running backs and nobody getting more than, say, 10, 10 carries. But I think it was instructive in that game uh, against Ohio that Kevon Lee only got one carry. And I think it showed that James Franklin was willing, you know, uh, to get on the coattails of a stud running back, which is Nick Singleton. Now, is it possible that Singleton will struggle? Is, is it possible every running back will struggle against Auburn's defense? Yes, it is. But if you continue to see that separation, Nick Singleton, 
getting big-time yards, the other guy's not, I believe you're going to see a full helping of Nick Singleton in this game and, and going forward. I disagree. I still think they're going to rotate this week. Well, I really it's do. Your, it's your, your, they will rotate, Andy, but I just think where the majority of carries will go if Nick Singleton keeps showing what, what he can do. Look, you have a right to your opinion, Andy. You have a right to be wrong. Okay, and I'm going to allow you that that privilege. <laughs> Let's move on. The other big time uh, true freshman was Drew Aller. Uh, came into the game, got a nice round of applause from the crowd. I know you and I had different takes on the reaction from the crowd. I thought it was just, you know what? Here's a guy who, with the big name, he's the future at the position. I don't think it was. Well, I'll let you express it. What did you think of the yeah, the crowd's I, I, reaction? I, it was a pretty I mean, I was in the stadium. It was pretty loud. It was pretty clear that they were very happy to see him come onto the field as a quarterback. In some ways I thought it was a, a wee bit of disrespect uh for Sean Clifford. I think it was a little bit of a wee bit of a uh cheer also for to send a little bit of a message to their head football coach. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I was just like, oh, man, okay, that's the, you know, did you watch the Purdue game and see what Sean Clifford did on that final drive? Have you forgot that that quick? Uh, you know, and, and the fan base can do, they can, they get to deliver their message, and they clearly sent a message by that, uh, by cheering when Drew Aller came on the field, and he performed. That's what they wanted to see, and he performed for them. So they weren't wrong. They were right, Jimmy. Well, he, he did perform. I don't think it had anything to do with Sean Clifford. I thought it was just about Drew Aller himself. And as you said, he did perform. And here's here's my take on the quarterback situation: is Aller has the higher ceiling than Sean Clifford does. But I think your best chance, and, and I'll start with the Auburn game, the best chance to win this game is with Sean Clifford at quarterback, not with Drew Aller at quarterback. I truly believe that. But as we go in the future, as the season progresses, at what point does the future and Drew Aller's high side surpass your ability to win games now with the current guy? And... My crossover, and I'll admit, I stole this from somewhere. I read somebody, I think even on a message board, who said that they think you start Sean Clifford until this team has two losses. At that point, the future becomes more important than the present. What are your thoughts on Aller versus Clifford? Yeah, I do. I I 100% agree that Sean Clifford is the quarterback that gives Penn State a better chance to win a game. And he already won a game for you in a really tight spot. So that shows you that he can do that. I I I think two win, two losses is kind of like a good number, but it also depends. Was the quarterback did the quarterback, you know, have a responsibility or play a big role in that loss? If they lose that game to Purdue, that pick six has a huge role. Yeah, that's Sean Clifford. That's a terrible throw. You can't do that at that point in the game and make that throw. And you could pin that game on them. So two losses is an intriguing number. You're 
I agree with you. Drew Aller always had the higher seeding because he's got more pure talent as a quarterback. And I want to see him continue to play. I, my different take is they, they planned last week to put him in in the second quarter, no matter what the score was. Now, they got him in early in the third quarter, which I said, but I was pleasantly surprised to hear, like, James even said it, or I read it somewhere, that we planned, our plan was to play him in the second quarter, but a little something happened and we just didn't, and and, and I'm like, and it wasn't because of the score. And I'm like, good. And I would kind of like to see that consistently and be a part of the plan going forward. Why not? Why wouldn't you? All the kids done came in and performed against Ohio. He didn't look overwhelmed against Purdue and he had a key drop on a ball. He dropped on a dime to Tyler Warren. Play him. Make him part of the plan. He's not an integral part of the plan. At the end of the day, Sean Clifford is the best quarterback. Gives Penn State the the best chance to win from the quarterback position right now. But I really, really would like to see him play, and I think a plan to play him is not a bad option at all. All right, Andy, we're doing our takeaways from Ohio, and even the first two games. My question to you, real simple, is the offensive line getting any better? No, absolutely not. Um, Five sacks and eight tackles for a loss against Ohio, that was kind of hidden, right? Like, it didn't really jump out at you because they were so dominant in the game. But, you know, did they and did they get – are they any better? No, no. The answer to your question is simply no. I did not see them getting better. And it tells you. I mean, five sacks against Ohio is just – that is not good. And it wasn't like you're looking at it and saying, okay, Drew and Sean and even Christian, they're – you know, basically you're talking about the first line. So you're talking about when Clifford's in there. Was he holding the ball? And was he? No. A couple times he didn't even, he barely got set and he was getting, you know, sort of, you know, run over. So I just didn't think, I know the running game was bigger and better, but that's because of the ridiculous talent at the running back position. Good seal blocks on the corner on one play. But in terms of overall consistently, are they any better? No, they're not getting any better, Jimmy. Well, I'll disagree a little bit, Andy. Now, the problem with the offensive line is they're as good as their weakest link. So if four out of five guys are doing their job blocking really well and one guy gets beat, quarterback gets sacked, and that that's the nature of the position. I do think as individuals, I think you're seeing Fashanu play very well. You are. Um, I think Warmly's doing some nice things. My big concern is that right tackle position where after Purdue, um, Caden Wallace struggled in that game. And we thought, okay, Bryce Effner was even in there that late in the game when the, the snaps really counted. So I thought, well, maybe we're going to see Effner take over that position. Well, don't you know, Effner struggled <laughs> against Ohio. So that's the one position that I think is struggling. Last thing I want to say about the line, they're, they're not, they're not bad. Like last year, they they struggled at, at a level that was bad, and they were, they were a big time problem for this offense. They're they're not bad. The question you asked me was, are they getting any better? And I say no, but they're they're not good, but they're definitely not a a bad offensive line um, so far this season. 
Very good, Andrew P. That's it for quarter number two. Stick around in quarter number three. We're going to ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. He's Andrew P. Shea. And it's time for Ask Andy. This is where we take your questions... And we're going to have Andy respond to him. And in the end, Andy will pick the winner of the KSN Polo. If you want to submit a question, you can go to our app. Just download Keystone Sports. Right now, because Jim has been too lazy to change it, it still says Ask Ross. I promise I will update that. And I also promise you Ross is going to be back in the future. So, I don't know, maybe for sentimental reasons I've left it that way, Andy. But anyway, are you ready? Are you ready to take charge and answer the questions? Oh, boy, here we go. All right, let's get to it. (laughs) And I'm going to, well, going to do a little bit of an interesting thing here, or I think so anyway, Andy. We always have the questions where every week there's some kind of, when are they going to fire Franklin or why don't they fire Franklin? And why don't they replace Sean Clifford? And perhaps our biggest culprit on that is Steve from Potomac. And Steve sent us has two questions this week. I'm going to ask them both, and I'd like you to respond. So here's um, Steve's first question. Franklin's been here for 
eight years, has had five offensive coordinators, three offensive line coaches, and zero above-average offensive lines. Why is that, and will it ever change? The current crop looks like more of the same. And let me give you his second question before you even answer. Last week, you discussed Franklin's success at Vanderbilt. Presumably, he was able to get more with less there in winning games against teams with superior talent. However, at Penn State, he's had the opposite impact of doing less with more and losing many games to teams with inferior talent and having a losing record in the Big Ten the last two years. Why is that? (laughs) So in other words, Steve is not a big James Franklin fan. Steve does not like their head coach. A couple friends of mine continually send me those similar text messages. And oh, Steve is not unique and alone in the, these feelings, Andy. Oh, and there's some truth to the things that he says. So the offensive coordinator is guys that were good offensive coordinators that went on to be head coaches, right? That was that's part of it. His only the first offensive coordinator he had, I believe, was. Donovan came with him from Vanderbilt, and that was a train wreck. And he wasn't ready to be an offensive coordinator at this level. Step up. Penn State's a step up from Vanderbilt, and that didn't go well. They're friends. They're close. But James knew he had to fire him. The Kirk Shiraka thing just didn't work for both of them. But the other ones, I don't think that's a – he's right about zero above average offensive line. Steve, I'm with you on that. The offensive line play has – Dog James Franklin since year one. He's never found a guy that's produced an above-average offensive line. You are 100% correct there. I got no argument with you there. I will counter and say he's had two defensive coordinators. One just left to become the head coach of Virginia Tech. They're pretty good defensively. They have really good second. Their coach, their coaching in the secondary has been outstanding. Brent Pry also coached the linebackers. Pretty good linebackers, their defensive line, and their defensive coaching has been outstanding. And on the offensive side of the ball, I'll say James hired the the wide receiver uh, position, the coaching that is going on at the wide receiver position the last three seasons has been exceptional. Development, production, exceptional across the board. They, They have found a wide receiver coach. They might have problems holding on to, but while they've got it, it has been exceptional. So there's a point and counterpoint. So, and the second question was, yeah, they probably the 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 thing about the games is there's Penn State is in half of the conference. I'm sorry to beat this drum with Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. They have to play them every year. That matters. That matters a lot. Whoa, look at the SEC. Yeah, look at the SEC. Go three deep in the SEC on either side of the division. Are you this deep as you are three deep, four deep in the Big Ten? No, you are not. That is part of it. Penn State's in the Big Ten West. His numbers are different. That is geography and where they're set up, and that is part of this, part of what James Franklin has to deal with. You bring up a good point. I hadn't thought about it this way with the Southeast Conference. If you're in the Southeast Conference West and you're not named Alabama, you're probably disappointed in your coach. Okay, Even a team like LSU, who has won a national championship, they've already fired that national championship coach. 
in the Southeast Conference East, if you're not Georgia, who's now on the top of the mountain, you're not happy with your coach either. You've gotten rid of them if you were Tennessee, if you were Florida, these other teams. So, and that's it's it's a good point I think you make there, Andy, with just by the nature of being in the same division, first of all, with Ohio State, that's a rough road to hoe. Yep. Although I do think it's legitimate to ask about, you know, the several games when you were probably better than Michigan State with a couple yes. losses to them. You were better than um, Illinois last year. You yep. were better than Indiana a couple years ago. Those losses, you know, James Franklin has to yeah, he has it's, to wear those. Right. All right, let's uh, let's go on now to the opposite side of the coin. Uh, is Rob from Charlotte who says three part question for the group? Oh my I disagree with the negative comments that are sent in on a weekly basis and enjoy the firing responses. I think we have a solid team this year with great expectations. Why the hatred towards a team with proven veterans, including Clifford, and a ton of extremely talented first-time starters? He also adds, since the playoff expansion was announced, I saw Penn State would have qualified for four playoffs. Which of those teams would have made the deepest run? And I think um, this is Jim talking now. I think the more important question might be, would that change how you look at James Franklin if he had made you know an expanded playoff? And finally, Rob says, as a Penn State fan in Charlotte, I want to start experiencing some of the atmosphere in the area. What would be your first pick for a game? South Carolina, App State, Rocky Top, North Car- or UNC. I'll be traveling to Auburn this year with my shipment of new trail whiteout beers. Good for you, Rob. Come see me with your beer. <laughs> I'll share with you. I'm not taking any down with me. All right, Andy, a lot, lot to take on there from Rob. So, Rob, I, uh, you are the you are you would be a little bit of an exception, not the norm, when it comes to being both in the James Franklin and Sean Clifford camp in terms of like being happy with both. That's all I'm going to say about that one. You would be probably an exception in the fan base because you're, you've doubled down on both of them. I think one word that grabbed me that you said was you like this team. You should, because as they proved the young, the young, the recruiting class is going to contribute and they have some very interesting elements, but their expectations should not be that high still. They still have to play Michigan. They still have to play Michigan State. They still have to play Ohio State. So that Big Ten East schedule still is there, but I think there is elevated expectation for this team, but I don't think high expectation is good. And I don't think it changes if James Franklin makes the playoffs in an expanded playoff format. I really don't. I don't think that necessarily helps his cause in the same way that being in New Year's Six Bowl games and having, you know, 10-plus win seasons doesn't hurt him. I just don't think it changes it very much. And for the game to go to, I'd go to South Carolina. Go to Columbia. I've been there. It's a fantastic atmosphere. Go see South Carolina in your region. I'll tell you what, though. I might recommend App State, especially this season, after what they've done their first couple games. Uh, Game day is going to be there this weekend. And I actually have some relatives from who live down there 
and have kids that have gone to App State. I've seen some of their pictures from games. It seems like they've always had a very good time there. I, I think that might be interesting also. Um, let's go to Kent. I like this. Kent is from Raleigh, North Carolina, but he says he's from Raleigh, but next Saturday he'll be from Auburn. So he'll be he'll be at the game. Kent, I hope we get a chance to say hello. Hey, guys, really like the show. Appreciate what you do. I'm glad to see Penn State not using their big quarterback as a running back as they've done previously. But what are we going to do with our offensive line? They couldn't create holes up the middle against Ohio. The big runs were broken plays outside. What can they do about the O-line, Andy? So, uh, really good question, Ken. I, I, I really still believe that as long with what they have in the experience at the quarterback, the depth at the wide receiver, the talent at the running back position, yes, I know it's young, but there's some ridiculous talent at that position. I think the the a good thing to think about this offensive line is they're not going to be able to line up and run the ball straight up the middle against anybody. It's just not going to happen. They have to be a little more creative. I think the the this offensive line has to not hurt this team. They they didn't hurt them against Purdue. Were they outstanding? No. Were they a dominant offensive line? No. But did they hurt them? No. They hurt just a wee wee bit, but the overall Ohio game, the overall dominant sort of hit it up. They were they were a little bit more of a problem against Ohio, but don't be sort of a, a sore thumb that sticks out for this team. Just just don't hurt this offense, and that's good enough. They're going to give up some sacks to Auburn. Expect that. They're going to get some tackles for losses because Auburn's front's really good. Expect that. Just don't be an absolute dumpster fire for this offense. I'm going to add a couple other points, though, Andy, in that the offensive line could also use some help. The quarterbacks, I know they're not to blame for everything, but there were a couple plays where they could have thrown the ball away and ended up getting sacked. I think the tight ends could also help out a little more than they've been. They have not been good with with their blocking assignments. And I'll tell you one more thing that I'm hoping is the case. They seem to run mostly between the tackles, meaning Penn State. And I believe other teams are waiting for it. They're filling those gaps. They're making it tough, the defense, knowing what's coming. I'm wondering if Nick Singleton bouncing a couple of those long runs outside might change a little bit of the nature of the way defenses play against them. So there's a lot of different things involved in that. Andy, we're going to preview Auburn next segment, and we're also going to name our winner from the Ask Andy segment. Stay tuned for that. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. 
featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno. This beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galanti. I'm with Andy Shea. We're going to get to our Penn State-Auburn preview. Before we do that, first, just want to let you know, the Nittany Lions are back home next weekend against Central Michigan. And if you want a great way to enjoy the weekend, check in with our friends at gopsurv.com. This is where they have the RV lot. They have the RV there already for you. You just drive your car there, RV set up. Get to spend the whole weekend there tailgating and check in with Mark at 800-519-8467. Tell him you want the KSN RV special for the game against Central Michigan, and he'll give you $500 off for your RV for the weekend. Fantastic deal. It's a great time. Give Mark a call. Again, the number is 800-519-8467. Okay, Andy, one last piece of business before we start previewing the Auburn game. We need a winner from Ask Andy. Who do you got? It's Kent. No, I'm I'm sorry. It's Rob from North Carolina. <laughs> because I'm sorry about that. He, uh, I was looking at my uh, note that I made. He doubled down on... Uh, saying that he was a fan of both James Franklin and Sean Clifford. You would be the exception in the Penn State fan base, Rob. So you get the KSM polo this week. Well done. Okay, Rob, congratulations. And Kent, I am sorry for my partner's slip up there. I hope we didn't get you too excited. All right, Andy, got a big ball game. Just as a reminder, I'm going down to the game. If you're going down also, try to find me, please. We're going to be in Montgomery on Friday night. I know uh, many of you may not hear this segment till that's, that's already come and gone, but Dustin and I are going to be doing a show from the Renaissance Hotel in Montgomery on Friday night, 6 o'clock. Please be there. Come by and say hello. Maybe ask a question. All right, Andy, 
and getting ready for this Auburn game, you know, it's a huge game for Auburn. Their coach, he's been under attack from the Auburn base. Forget what you have going on here with Penn State and James yep. Franklin. The poor guy down at Auburn, he is not a favorite of the fan base. He's not right. a favorite of the big money donors. Somehow he has survived, still has his job. But considering he plays in that Southeast Conference West, a lot of tough games coming up for him. Yep. This is a huge game for Auburn. Yeah, he needs to help himself and, and his team needs to help him because they're going to, they're, they've, re, you're right, they've really got some tough matches. They need to win. They, this is a must win game for them. They're, they, they lost, they came up to Penn State last year and lost good football game, heck of a football game. Penn State played really well in that game. Sean Clifford played really well. And that wasn't like a bad loss at that time, but then Auburn, like Penn State, they fell off the cliff the second half of last season. So that got his kitchen really, really hot. They were losing to San Jose State at halftime last week. Now they came back and won the game, but they haven't played anybody yet. They played Mercer and San Jose State. So that's not going to calm the fan base down. You're not going to beat Mercer and San Jose State and calm down the Auburn fan base. This is a must-win game for them. You're right. It is a lot of pressure on Auburn this week. I really feel that way, that this game is really, really important for Auburn, and the pressure is squarely on them. And also, like Penn State, they've got a quarterback who's a little bit under fire. Uh, T.J. Finley, who some of you may remember as the LSU quarterback, may remember also there was some talk when he went to the transfer portal, that he might end up at Penn State. He is their guy. So far, Andy, he hasn't been lighting it up, has he? No, he has. <clears throat> I here's how I say. He is somewhat. He is a. He is showing himself to be a somewhat limited QB one. Is Sean Clifford somewhat limited? Yeah, but he's got a lot more, you know, salt and pepper on him. He's got a lot more experience than T.J. Finley. At the quarterback position, I do. They take the Oregon transfer. They've been, you know, they've been mixing and matching him in a little bit. Robbie Ashford, he's an X factor. Can you know he's 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 splashed. He had a forty-nine yard run against Mercer. He's got some wheels, and he had a fifty-six yard pass play and a hundred total yards passing last week against San Jose State. The quarterback position is they're using two, but it's completely different than Penn State in the use of the two quarterbacks and the why. And theirs is more out of pure lack of production at the quarterback position that they're sort of mixing and mashing. They're, they're a pound and ground team. But in the modern game, yeah, you can be a pound and ground team and be physical, but you've got to be able to use space in the game in 2022. And frankly, Auburn struggles to use it. Ashford is a little bit of an X factor. He brings some electricity in that space to the quarterback position. How it looks and how they use it against Penn State will be very interesting to see. I think what's also interesting, Andy, is Penn State has shown themselves to be vulnerable to those ground-and-pound teams. We saw it against Michigan last year. We saw it against Illinois last year. Auburn is that first test in that way for this Penn State defense with a pretty good running back in Tank Bigsby. So that could be a big X factor also. Penn State's running game with Tank Bigsby versus Penn State's defense. 
we haven't seen Penn State's defense tested this way yet. Yeah, and this is where you're gonna. This game is where you're gonna learn more about Penn State's linebackers, particularly at the at the middle linebacker position. Is is Abdul Carter ready to you know them to play a little four two five and bring Jair Brown Brown down in the box and you know be a run support sort of in that a little bit of that old you know Marcus you know Allen mold right like. He can do that, he, and they, they're doing a little bit of that with him. He's very versatile. I just think you're going to learn more about the run defense. You know, Chop Robinson's flash, he's been really good as a rush defensive end, but he's not good against the run yet at that position. He's just simply not. Nick Tarburton plays a bigger role in this defense for Penn State in this type of matchup because he's a more of a physical run-based holding type of defensive end. Their run game against Penn State's defensive front slash linebackers is really important because a huge advantage for Penn State is their secondary against Auburn's passing game. That is that is a huge advantage for Penn State. And part of the inside the game for me is that I, when I think about this game is like I go to the third quarter. I go, you know, nine minutes left in the third quarter. Can Penn State get a two-score lead? Can they get a 10, 14 13-point lead on Auburn, you know, as the clock is going further away from, you know, being beginning as compared to being closer to the end. Can they make force Auburn's offense to sort of get out of its comfort zone and have to be, you know, a more force them to chase the game a little bit? That plays right into Penn State's strength. They're secondary. It plays right into what they've done best. They've only quarterbacks have only completed 48% of all their passes against this secondary this season. That's a staggering number. That means the secondary is hard to throw against. They're not getting the interception James won. I get it, but that's a huge matchup. That's an important part of this game, Jimmy. How much do you think it will help this team, meaning Penn State? They play so many players. You're going to go down to Auburn. It's going to be an afternoon game in the heat. The fact that, especially on defense, they've played confidently played a lot of players. Yeah, I think it, it is an advantage for them. They're not going to play what they play seventy last week, and and against on defense, I know against Purdue they played twenty three. I they're gonna they're gonna rotate and play guys because they trust this young this group of freshmen and these young players. They simply trust them. And they've put them in these positions. They started it from the beginning against Purdue. It's not like they just did this against Ohio. They started this from the jump. So this is really going to serve them well in this game because they won't be overwhelmed by it. It won't be anything different for them. It's how Penn State's roster is constructed this season. It is constructed to use that depth. They're going to use it. Okay, Andy, in the couple minutes we have left, we each need to give our predictions and our bold predictions. You go first, my friend. All right. So this this feels like, like a game where Penn State has to execute sharply on offense to me. They have to be more efficient on third down uh, against Auburn. I, I know it didn't matter that they were 3-for-12 last week, but you do that this week, that is a hole too deep um, to overcome. I like Penn State's receivers in this matchup. I really do. It was good to see Parker Washington get four catches for 60 yards last week. It wasn't flashy. There wasn't a big bomb or any touchdowns, but it was better than, you know, and they used a ton of receivers. It was better than in week one. Um, 
I have a gut feeling, Jimmy, that Penn State will need and use both quarterbacks to contribute in this game. I really do. I don't know why. I don't have a any reason to give you. Just something is telling me Drew Aller is part of the plan for Penn State's offense in this game. The Nittany Lions are battle-tested. They've won on the road in a tight spot. Auburn hasn't played any competition. Like I just said, the secondary, I love the matchup of Penn State's secondary against the offense. Can they get this Auburn team uncomfortable on the road? And remember, lastly, before I give you my prediction, Penn State has one turnover, a pick six, and penalties have not been a problem. They've been a clean, clean football team. My prediction is Penn State 27, Auburn 20. I think the scoring, I think it's a low scoring game. And your bold prediction? Penn State gets passing touchdowns from Sean Clifford and Drew Aller in this one. They get at All least right, Andy. one passing touchdown from each quarterback. Here's my prediction and bold prediction. I have Penn State 31-17. I know that's pretty big. I'm just not sure about this Auburn team. I'm really not. I just don't think that they're that good. And I do believe this Penn State team is very good. I think Nick Singleton makes a huge difference in that backfield. But with that said, here's my bold prediction. Sean Clifford is going to be the star of this game. After the game, he's the guy we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about both his passing and his running. I don't think we've seen it yet, but I think you brought up a good point about the third down situations, and that's where I believe the quarterback can be very dangerous and a quarterback who could get a couple first downs for you with his legs. Sean Clifford has shown that ability in the past. I know that they feel they seem to be a little more hesitant and letting him run the ball, but I think this week they'll say, let him go, let him get out there, get those first downs. All right, Andy, that's it for the show. Thank you all for listening. I hope I get to see a whole bunch of you down at Auburn, but make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones, lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others, local perspective, local expertise, Local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. 
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration.